Today's episode is brought to you by Drizzly. Beer, wine, and liquor delivered in under 60 minutes. Let's face it, we've all been in that situation where you forgot to pick something up and you just don't want to get back in your car and head back to the store and get it. Well, Drizzly has you covered. Shop and order from thousands of products from local retailers with absolutely no markup. Seriously. And if you head over to unitedwedrink.com slash drizzly, D-R-I-Z-L-Y, right now and enter the promo code DRIZZLYDEAL, D-R-I-Z-L-Y-D-E-A-L, you will get $5 off your first order of over $20. Sit back and relax and order yourself a six-pack or a nice bottle of Cab Sav or a handle of Buffalo Trace if you so wish. Do it all with Drizzly at unitedwedrink.com slash drizzly. And then use the promo code DRIZZLYDEAL, D-R-I-Z-L-Y-D-E-A-L, and you will get $5 off your first order of over $20. Drizzly, beer, wine, and liquor, delivered in under 60 minutes. Must be 21 to use. Enjoy responsibly. The opinions and statements in this podcast do not represent those of the hosts, employers, co-workers, family, or imaginary friends. Now enjoy the show. Happy hour, more like amateur hour. Welcome to United We Drink. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the United We Drink podcast. I believe it is day 507 here in the world that we used to call Earth. And uh, we're getting through this quarantine slowly but steadily. The world outside is not what we once knew it. I had no... I that, that, that That's all I'm going with. I had nothing written for the intro this week. Mike's here. Was- we pretty got, serious i was trying to be ominous i guess <laughs> it didn't work out so well uh phil's here joel's here how are you guys doing uh dealing with all of this stuff phil i'm doing good i'm here i'm talking to you guys i actually feel like i've had more online conversations similar to this just without recording yeah um in the past week so yeah i'm doing good what about you joel I got a dark mild in my hand. I'm doing all right. A dark mild? Oh my gosh. Where'd you get that unicorn of a beer? Calusa. Oh, very nice. Yeah, that's my last one. I'm sorry to see it go, but I got to drink it. I'm getting these weird cravings, man. It's like I'm so stocked up on fucking seltzers and light <laughs> macro lagers and shit, but I've also got a good bit of craft beer left and, you know, a couple ESBs from Calusa. This is my last mild. Uh, some point during this show, I'm going to dig into another uh, coffee imperial stout from Second Shift, but I'm starting to crave hops. I'm starting to crave like a big toasty amber lager. Like I'm getting weird beer cravings all of a sudden. Any any anyone going through anything like that? Yeah, it's funny you actually said that. I have a um, I, I'm I'm finishing up a fact check pills, but I have a uh, an, an amber lager right here from uh, Copper Point Brewing Company. 
So you son of a bitch. Excited. Nice. And uh, and I got a Negroni from Tip Top, and a little tiny can oh. on in the hole, ready to go with a giant ice cube. What about you, Mike? Well, first of all, I am going to have to see if I can find some Tip Top Negroni in a can because that sounds awesome to try. Georgia, closest place you can find it is Georgia. I well, I'm not going to be finding any of that anytime soon. Uh, I'll bring some back for you the next time I go. I got a crowler I mean, it, of Copper Point uh, Apple Brandy Bock. God, uh, that was so good. Yeah, it is. That beer nice. is amazing. I'd, I had that Friday. I did an all-team happy hour. Drank it right out of the crowler. It was amazing. <laughs> it was such a beautiful beer. It, and I noticed and that you, in that picture, like your your quarantine mane is really uh, coming out. Or, or your... Yeah, I, your Thor haircut. Uh. I dressed up as Travis from uh, the Tiger King um, because one of the other regional directors dressed up as Joe Exotic. So figured why not be his husband. <laughs> <laughs> that is like instant internet magic right now. It, it seems like you are in the minority if you have not seen that. that I think that Tiger King has spread quicker than COVID-19. <laughs> Joe, you got Joe. You got to watch it. Like it is, it is absolutely ridiculous. It's a train wreck on fire with a semi truck turned over, and the whatever, uh, whatever fast train it is, just running over massive amounts of people. You, you don't want to watch it, but you have to watch it because it is so horrible. <laughs> I've only seen two episodes so far, but it, it is just. Insane, and of course, there's connections to Florida, and it it, it wouldn't be that, yeah insane if it if it didn't. Lion Country Safari in West Palm yeah. is referenced in the I first couple the, minutes. Yeah, yeah, and there's a uh, ex drug dealer down in Miami. Yeah, that uh, and then uh, he's practically the Scarface based out of Tampa. Yeah, and I, 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 he even said they based Scarface off of me, which I don't know. <laughs> We're not here to debate that. Here to talk about beer. Talk about not enough, not enough beer drinking in there though. There's a lot of Smirnoff vodka in the background. Um, I actually didn't notice. Normally, I like to take take note of of things like that uh, in shows, but there's just so much else going on. It's uh, like the the one uh, husband who's always shirtless. <laughs> Joe. Yes. Yeah. Jo- uh, no. John. Is it Joe? John. No, John. Joe. John. <laughs> Joe. John. Oh, there's Travis. a good, good, good twist with John coming up in a few episodes. Oh, okay. You'll like it. All right, Joel. Joel you got to watch it. It's just one. I don't mean to be contrarian. It just it's one of those things where it's like everyone's watching it, so I just feel like that eh, they've got enough views. They don't need me. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just weird like that. I'll probably end up watching it. You will. All right, so we, we we wanted to talk about some positive stuff that uh, we're seeing in the beer industry, not just right now, but I, I, I feel like we should give credit where credit's due to people who are doing great things, whether or not be for beer or their communities, their employees, uh, things like that, and keep a positive vibe. But before we get into that, we should maybe talk about something that might seem like a somewhat negative thing, and that's what all of this 
turn all these breweries turning to takeout, there's now a national shortage of crowlers. Uh, only one manufacturer makes crowlers, Ball, and they have the patent on it. So they are, and they only make them, I believe, in one of their plants. Uh, if someone wants to correct me on that, I'd be happy to retract that statement and give a correction. But as far as I know, only one of their facilities, I think it's Broomfield, Colorado, makes their crowlers. So that is just, things are getting crazy out there. We recently at our brewery, uh, our normal supplier was like, hey, I'm on about a three-week lead time right now. And then someone else he got a quote from was like $600 higher than than normal that they're asking. So we're getting into almost like gas uh, price gouging during the hurricane times for us with crowlers. Well, Mike, that's called supply and demand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now we have, um, so I've had a bunch of on-premise accounts reach out to me just within the past probably week, maybe week and a half, asking specifically for crawler machines and crawlers. And I think a lot of it is they're trying to do cocktails to go. We're seeing a, a, a big movement down here in South Florida where you'll have restaurants put together a, um, you know, be it a ball, screw top, a glass, mason jar. Mason jar. Yeah, thank you. Um, or a swing top thing a swing yeah exactly a swing top bottle like the grosch bottles um doing pre-mixed cocktails to go anywhere i mean i heard this past week one of my favorite places in uh delray beach was doing something like 12 fashions yeah for um like 40 40 bucks bucks. 40 (laughs) bucks awesome for a one and a half liter hour away Jesus, I would have I would have like swung by and just picked up two bottles, three bottles and just happily went home because they make really good old fashions. So it, we're seeing accounts trying to get creative, which I really like the innovation piece of what's going on right now. It, if there is a silver lining to what's going on in the world, people are surviving and finding ways to survive. Um, based off of package to go breweries are doing delivery we were sort of talking about that before we went hot and and it's i think it's interesting i'm really curious to see where these laws go once everything goes back to regular Mm -hmm. and do we back backpedal a little bit on the laws and say hey we give you a temporary on that one but this is a big no-no or you know are we still going to have brewers you know jumping in their car to deliver to 15 area codes around their uh, or zip codes around their uh, brewery. Well, I know one major issue with delivery is insurance. And they're either getting some sort of temporary coverage or finding some loopholes or or whatever it may be. But, you know, it's a serious concern. Um, I feel like people are actually driving a bit crazier now that the roads are... Less full. I mean, even 100% in my neighborhood. 100% agree. Yeah. Um, just, <laughs> it's it's scary shit, man. I mean, especially for South Florida. So, you know, being out on the roads during this time is maybe less traffic, but but still possibly risky. I'm, I'm Personally, I'm glad we just shut down temporarily. Like, I really feel for our staff and everything, but 
I don't want to be filling crawlers. I don't want to be in contact with anyone. I just, we just need to ride this out. Is that where you guys are right now is with a temporary shutdown? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. We've been shut down. I want to say like a week and a half now. We just, you know, safety reasons, man. We just called it quits. I mean, we tried staying open for, oh shit. I want to say Monday through Wednesday. Each day was worse than the last as far as attendance and, and business and everything. But I mean, ultimately it was really a matter of safety and, uh, you know, it just didn't feel right expecting people to come in and sit down. I mean, we, you know, we initially scrubbed the hell out of everything, kept, you know, real high maintenance fucking cleaning procedures, like really vigilant about it. But, you know, even eventually moving bar stools away from each other, we took away at least half the bar stools and stashed them in the corner and tried to seat people away from each other. But, you know, it's, people just seem to already keep their distance. And um, after a while, it was just like, you know, what, we're just going to put this on pause for a little bit. Yeah, we're we're still going with the whole uh, takeout thing. It's been decent for us. Um, I've been kind of surprised by it, but we've been trying to put specialty things on almost daily to be able to try to entice people into uh, coming in and grabbing grabbing some beer. Um, we've had some super hot items. We did a just a six stall of. Uh, a Paloma sour that was grapefruit and lime that we're like, Hey, let's give this a whirl sold, uh, the entire keg in five hours. Uh, um, so we, a couple days later made, made a, made a 50 liter of it for the weekend. And, uh, uh, we went through that whole thing in the weekend. So it's it, it's cool because it's allowed us in the brewery to i mean we we had a pretty busy week in the brewery we've filled the rest of our tanks with uh with stuff that can can go long we're still getting can orders from our distributor so it still requires us to have to do some canning um uh, so i like but we get to be a little creative with coming up with some of these little specialty things that we can throw on in our tap room and and uh, uh, make a, a specialty crowler of stuff that people probably wouldn't normally be able to get in a crowler at our spot. So I, I think that that's helped us out a lot uh, in this time. We're not doing the delivery thing. Um, there's a lot of point of contentions on that in this state right now uh, because it is not technically legal. Uh, I wouldn't even go with technically. It is in the law that it is illegal, but someone at the state gave an okay to one brewery to do it so now a few other breweries are doing it but the guild still maintains that it's illegal um so we're we're just kind of staying away from it my my i'm all for like breweries doing what they need to do to to, to stay open uh within the law uh but uh, the biggest thing that I'm afraid of, like, you know, if it if it's just a fine and a, and a slap on the wrist for the brewery, that's one thing. But I'm afraid of, like, these wholesaler lobbyists who have come down at breweries like us for a long time and, like, them coming next uh, congressional session and being like, look, you guys broke these laws. Yeah, it was a trying time, but you did that. Now... We got to start working on different things. And then they start to try to want to pass laws with their their senators and reps that are uh, 
that they have a lot more money. Yeah, they ha- and and they have significantly more money. Um, I agree with you, Mike. I, uh, I'm afraid of that. Like, I hope that I, that doesn't hope, get to it, but I'm afraid of that. I actually sort of hope that some of the and, and what we're seeing is a lot of smaller breweries. Um, when you look at barrelage production, are going the route of delivery right now, and I, and I hope that they have a conversation with their local distributor to make sure that they're not, you know, going after them and in good point. Light. Yeah, talk to your own distributor. I think right now the main thing, you know, we're still open. Um, I, the Tampa facility is still open. All of our breweries are still open. Tasting room in Tampa is doing well. Um, again, to go only pushing pushing a, a a decent amount of beer and a decent amount of food uh, as we just opened up a restaurant side in Tampa and the sales team we're still analyzing everything multiple times in a day uh, trying to make sure that our sales team is safe and comfortable but we are still going out into our regional local and national chains and trying to help merchandise and uh, make sure that our products available um the past two weeks have come with a ton of draft cuts draft is dead um it's basically package only right now and i think the most challenging thing from a brewery perspective specifically when you're looking at the long tail of this is we still have keep in mind if you're going to brew a beer maybe it's a larger beer takes several weeks, several sometimes a month, a little bit longer, just to brew the beer, not necessarily just to pick up additional package or cardboard, corrugated cardboard, um, trays. There's a lot of things that are still going on that there's a lot of internal discussion right now in regards to how do we continue to move forward? Do we just focus on our you know core brands that are keeping the lights on quite literally, or are we continuously pushing through some of these seasonals and it's a really interesting time that continuously changes and again it goes back to communication with our wholesalers where if we're not having open lines of communication and if if you're not having open lines of communication if you are in the industry right now um you're doing yourself a disservice you really are and and apparently we have all of these amazing applications that we can still take meetings like Zoom and MS Teams and Skype and Duo and FaceTime. It, there's no reason why communication should be at a uh, shortage for the time being. Uh, you bring up a great point there, Phil, about uh, seasonals. I mean, you work for a company that has multiple brewery brands underneath it. You guys put out your calendar of releases months ago, and I'm sure you're getting to the point to where certain things are supposed to be rolling out soon in package and in draft, and now your draft is all out of whack. Maybe they'll take some package. Maybe they won't. Who knows? Because they can't do a quite the same rollout as as normal. Like that's got to be uh, a scary, frustrating time to be thinking about that. It it's not. I don't know if it's necessarily scary. Obviously, you assess the situation. Luckily, we're a brood order facility or multiple facilities. Um, so you place an order, wholesaler places an order, we have the ability to brew the beer. 
uh, to order. That allows us a little bit more control. We're not just willy-nilly throwing in batches of beer, trying to yeah. push it out to distribution. So at least we have a plan and we can have, again, a conversation and and make sure that things are on the right time frame. I can tell you right now, it, it's core brands. Uh, I think all of us sort of talked about it this past year. Um, actually, in our hypothesis or you know our guess or for 2020 the legacy brands are really thriving right now and it's not it, it's sort of due to the on-premise suffering you're starting to see spikes in sales with brands that you know people are trying to get in and out of a grocery store within five minutes they're going to pick up the brand that they're the most familiar with not necessarily the brand that they have to read the six-pack to figure out what type of you know seven six four three two different hops are in it or might be the closest to the door, closest to the register, on a stacker or something. Like, I've seen a few of our local grocery stores with big stackers of macro brands. And believe me, it's kind of enticing. It's like, oh, there's a suitcase of, uh, of uh, Miller Lite cans. Like, hmm. Lots of my conversations this week were macro is winning this battle right now. Obviously, seltzers are still doing very well. How do we get craft? to really take their share and, and, and a lot of its placement. I think he hit it on the head. Oh, yeah. Mike. And merchandising, which, uh, I know like you and your team have been, uh, yeah, that was why you visited us, uh, at uh, copper point the other day, you were up our way doing merchandising of your grocery stores and helping out your team. And uh, you stopped in like, yeah, I, I heard from someone that our own liquor store down the, the like big liquor store down the street, like, hey, someone needs to come in and pull your guys uh, stuff forward because it's like all the way in the back. Like, shit. like, yeah, you, you need to be able to get someone in there to just face face your product, uh, bring it forward and restock. It, it, you might have the product in the back at the store. It just needs to be back out there and. I know a lot of salespeople are now having to be merchandisers and uh, something they might not necessarily enjoy doing. But, hey, it's keeping a paycheck coming to you. It's keeping your brand relevant and hopefully uh, keeping your brand strong when things get back to quasi-normal. It's going to be interesting to see how out-of-code beer plays into all this at the end. Who's... (laughs) Yeah, <clears throat> you know who's who's taking the hit for it? It, it. it fucking a. I mean, the draft alone. Holy shit! I mean, there are just countless restaurants and bars and gastro pubs and all these places with tons of taps, and those faucets aren't flowing. Well, let's uh, let's not be so doom and gloom, and let's talk about some positive stuff here. Um, we wanted to be a little positive and talk about some things that we're seeing right now or have seen in the past that just makes us feel good about this industry because obviously we got into this industry because something about it made us feel good and we continue to be in this industry because there must be certain things that make us feel good about this industry so let's talk about some of those things and uh 
I know that we've talked about in the last few episodes about how creative breweries are getting with online sales for pickups and uh, creating apps and uh, all of that. That is super positive stuff and and getting creative with uh, their ability to sell beers. But right before we went on, uh, I mentioned uh, Machine House in Seattle. They're a brewery who makes a lot of cask beer. And in a time with takeaway, they can't really sell a whole lot of cask pints to take away. So what did they do? They went and made cask beer in a box, like boxed wine, because of its low carbonation level. It's in a bag, in a box. You can come into their brewery, take it, uh, take it home, and you have cask beer at home. And sorry about the dog, uh, <laughs> but... Uh, I think that that's ingenious. That is something so creative now uh, that we are seeing. And uh, we, (laughs) uh, I I think that that's an amazing thing to see a brewery doing right now. It's a positive for them. It's a positive for their fans. So, Oh, Phil's pouring his Negroni in a, in a can right now. And it's looking amazing. You know, great, great podcast material. (laughs) <laughs> Phil, during this time uh, that we're going through, and we'll get into previous things later, what are you seeing something that is super positive and makes you happy and proud to be in this industry? I Honestly, it's the teamwork aspect of it. We're seeing a lot of wholesalers working together right now, which I think is really it's integral for the growth, the continued growth of this industry. It, it, specifically in a trying time it's nice to sort of see some of the wholesaler minor bickering sort of come settle at least so we're seeing more teamwork in the industry right now um suppliers for the most part are coming in and actually really trying to help out and and trying to help out however they can and i think that that's the right thing we're actually for the most part when i've been out in the industry within the past two weeks, the attitudes of people or just the general public have actually been pretty overwhelmingly positive. Very rarely are you running into some spaz that is freaking out with oversized gloves on and, you know, a giant mask and thinking that the world's coming to an end. Um, Humanity is really shining right now, in my opinion. And and I we're even seeing it in the beer industry. Yeah, uh, like, and especially with the things that have been set up for bartenders who are now out of jobs, like GoFundMe's, and seeing how they are being funded, like almost immediately, uh, to try to help uh, their their staff is is such a great feel good story. Um, I actually saw something on uh, social media today. It was a local restaurant chain that actually had to lay a bunch of people off. And, and you know, it's quite unfortunate when anyone loses their job. But they are once a week or multiple times within the week doing uh, free meals. They had free You're talking diapers. about Howie's? Yes. Subculture um, Group? Yep. Subculture yeah. Group is They doing deserve the recognition for this. Yeah. Right now for anyone in the industry. Um taking care of people, giving them meals to go, diapers to go. I I was and then on top of that, they worked with a local barbecue restaurant which is Troy's Barbecue, 
which yeah. if you ever come to South Florida, please just go to Troy's. Just uh, like Troy's barbecue is hands down some of the best barbecue, I think, in the state of Florida, personally. But Troy's Location barbecue in has, and Boca. They have nothing to do with the subculture group, and they came in today and supplied a bunch of food for industry-only people that are out of work. This industry, the hospitality industry, is one of the strongest industries in the United States. And there's a, I can't wait for us to see through this because there is going to be, in my opinion, a really, really strong resurgence of the on-premise. And a lot of things that we took for granted in the past, I don't think as a society we will be taking for granted moving forward. No, and I, 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 I'll... I'll get to you in just a second, Joel, but I want to piggyback off of what Phil said. The subculture group, Rodney Mayo, who runs that, uh, that guy to me is quintessentially what I love about South Florida. Um, he's not palm trees and flamingos. He's about his community. Um, I love a lot of his, his restaurants and his bars already as it is. Um, when I saw that Howley's was doing that, and there's a great and passionate speech that Rodney gave to the city council last week about trying to help other small businesses. And he is not just doing that, but he mentions he is feeding his own former employees like he's giving them a meal every single day. Um, he had to lay off 650 people uh, across all of his restaurants and bars and. Uh, when things get get back to quasi normal, I cannot wait to go support like my favorite places that he does, like Howley's and Kapow and Lost Weekends and Sassafras and Subculture Coffee and uh, all of those places in in West Palm uh, that I love. Uh, not to mention his places in Delray, Jupiter, Miami, uh, stuff like that. He he is a um, uh, respectable streets. I mean, one of his longest running uh, venues um, for music. And like that guy is West Palm Beach to me. And uh, he deserves the, no, the, to be the story to get out a little bit more. I know he would disagree with that, but like Rodney is West Palm and Rodney is West Palm restaurants and hospitality uh, through and through. He's Joel, Palm what? Beach, in my opinion. Yeah. It, everywhere. West Palm all the way down to Boca. That guy has made an impact. Yeah. Joel, what's something you're seeing that people are doing right now that's that's a positive and has made you feel good about the, the industry? Well, distilleries and breweries who have distilleries um, making hand sanitizer and providing it to you know first responders and, and uh, hospitals and those who need it. Um, companies, not necessarily within the beer industry, but related to the industry that make clothing, uh, starting to sew masks and shit like that. Everyone seems to be stepping up and trying to figure out whatever they can do to help. Um, you're seeing breweries donate beer that they know is going to go bad to be distilled down into alcohol to be made into sanitizer. So, uh, that's one thing that's been pretty prevalent, um, and it's uh, it's inspiring to see. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, when you started this uh, segment, if you will, uh, you know, that we all saw something positive in this industry. I actually just got into it for the light hours and, and the big money. But uh, 
but uh, <laughs> I was also told there'd be no cleaning. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it seems like I mean, I mean, I wanted to post something and I never did, but I had this thought not long ago, and it was like, how how can we make it through this? How can we adapt? How can we adjust to what's happening? Because I'm sitting here thinking like. This is craft beer. This is innovation at its finest. Like everyone constantly pivoting, trying new things, adapting. Um, so much innovation, so much outside the you know outside the box thinking. And I was just thinking to myself, like, how can we get through this and and get through it together? Because I feel like we are a resilient bunch and come together when it comes to you know, uh, like, like the resilience beer or, you know, just, just helping each other out. I mean, it, it started back in the day, you know, all of us just helping each other, borrowing shit from each other, um, working together with, with our nearest competition. And, um, now it feels like the pressure is on more than ever. I mean, this is really a struggle to survive and it feels like, amazingly i mean maybe we're not hearing about it as much but it feels like there is definitely not as much um you know fucking not as many closures as we were expecting like it felt like there were just a lot of places that would be be fucked immediately but um people are thriving i think the to-go sales the deliveries are really helping them get through and you know i'm hopeful that we're going to see minimal closures due to this. Um, and, and I think seeing everybody, you know, come together, think outside the box, make sanitizer and shit like that. So I don't know. We've been contacted by some distilleries uh, asking about like, hey, if you guys have any beer that is going to go out of code or anything like that, uh, let us know. We'd be happy to to buy it from you and we can make sanitizer with it. And I think that that's like, I know that we would love to not have to think about beer going out of code and going bad, but at least we, we have the, the knowledge knowing that there's someone out there who will take the liquid and use it for for good i know jeremy danner hates uh when people refer to beer as liquid or uh, product or product <laughs> uh but it's it's reassuring and it's it's awesome to to see that uh, going on uh and to to keep this this continuing positivity go, going like let, let, let's talk about other things that just like people are doing to just be good breweries be good uh people and like i i know that we've brought them up a number of times before on this brewery because like joel especially has a great relationship with the uh second shift folks who just seem to have this connection with their employees and their community uh, that is so damn admirable um, that it, it just it makes me smile when when I, I see them putting out new products and them selling beer. I mean, of course, having to have laid off their their staff sucked, but I mean, look at how quickly they were able to fulfill their GoFundMe for uh, for their staff because they're 
their fans and their 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 regulars love that staff so much and love them. I mean, so many wonderful things I can, I feel like can be said about a brewery like them. Um, Joel, wh- who are some people that you feel like, or, or just positive stories that you want to share uh, to about this industry with people? Well, not to keep everything focused on Missouri, but um, you know, you are correct in what you said about second shift, and not only did they do the GoFundMe and it well exceed, um, you know, the amount they were looking for for their furloughed staff, but they actually paused it because they were like, you know, okay, let's let other people get some attention and some funds and and you know, uh, charity right now. So, you know, amazing. I'm trying to find the tweet here. Oh, so. Uh, she basically said, our GoFundMe is paused in order to help others that need it more. Uh, and this stemmed from the whole Yelp fiasco that, you know, since we're focusing on positives, I won't get into that. But uh, um, Pat from Boulevard, uh, Pat's hopped up. He uh, has created some merch, some shirts and stuff that you can order online that I guess benefit their local hospitality industry. Um, not necessarily beer, but I did order uh, a shirt. That benefits the Chicago hospitality industry, including those at Off Color, uh, they're the Mousetrap uh, Tap Room. So, um, you know, I'm trying to support not only near but far. Um, you know, those places have a special place in my my beer soaked heart, and uh, you know, I'm hoping they pull through as well. So, um, it, it you know, everyone's just trying to do what they can, whether it's GoFundMe's, merch, uh, special products, you know, donating proceeds, whatever they can. And uh, like I said before, I'm encouraged that it seems that everyone is is staying afloat at the moment, at least so it seems. Phil, what about you? You know, I, I touched on it a little bit earlier. I just looked up that shirt. It's a really cool shirt, by the way. Um, I... I think the resilience of this and just humanity in particular um, and, and the force of innovation and, and seeing the collaboration out in the market right now, um, invasive species, local brewery down here, um, working with local food trucks that right now are really suffering. Um, hey, people don't want to come out. So they're bringing in um, several local food trucks that they work with on a regular basis, and they're doing to-go beers, to-go dinners. Um, literally, you can walk up, or actually at Invasive, you literally stay in your car, and they will bring your crawlers out to you in a to-go fashion. Um, and you can pick up dinner at the same time. And that collaboration has always been there between food trucks and on-premise food vendors um, and 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 craft breweries, but now to actually see it come to fruition in a different stage where they're truly supporting each other's businesses, I think is really um, fun to see. Um, in addition to that, seeing some of the do-goodery around the, uh, you know, just South Florida right now, with Rodney Mayo's group is is fantastic. Yeah, and you know, I I think about 
people who have helped me kind of get through tough points in 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 the industry or just life in general uh and like having great friends in this industry down here like 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 you guys obviously but like our friends at barrel of monks who like like kevin is is one of my best friends if not my best friend because and that guy's just done so much for me professionally and personally uh i i i can't even put it into words sometimes and they just had their anniversary technically this past weekend uh it was supposed to be a whole big uh big to do and a party and whatnot and of course that got canceled uh but i mean they they still released their their uh fifth their fifth year anniversary i believe it was yep. yes it and, was and uh their beer I'm looking forward to uh, getting getting a hold of one of those bottles and and, and drinking that and uh, helping support those great friends uh, of mine of I would like to say all of ours in this industry. Um, like it, it makes me think as well that we have our our uh, fifth anniversary scheduled for May and hopefully we'll be be able to do something with that uh around that time uh but like there there's so many like great people who have done great things uh out in this industry like i i was just thinking of small little things today and um i remember one time joel and i were working hunapu day for a brewery that we we used to to be at and uh really long time friend of the show Juan Font uh was there I mean this guy he still listens now he listens to the original show he was coming up to our booth and being like hey you guys want to try anything I'll go I'll go give me your glasses I'll go get it for you because we were working and like he'd go over stand in line and then bring us back stuff and bullshit with us for a little bit like like dude Juan love you to death. I wish I got to see you more, but, uh, like that was such an awesome thing for you to do, uh, for us that day. You've always been a fan of the show, which I don't completely understand because who the fuck are we? Uh, but like, that was one of like the nicest things. He's, he's not necessarily a guy who works in the industry, but he's just a longtime fan of this show. Great person in general. Um, actually I think that that same one, uh, I don't know if he listens to the show anymore. Doug Russ, he he was doing that for us too, coming up and uh, getting like, let me grab your glass. I'll go grab you guys some stuff. Like he does awesome stuff for like cats, literal actual cats uh, out there. Like, uh, and if you follow him on Instagram, he's doing wonderful things uh, for just the feline species, and uh, uh, I, I think that he's a, a good dude in that sense too. But like, are there any little minor things like that that I, I that you guys want to bring up, Phil, are Joel? You... <laughs> <laughs> Phil's pointing to Joel, I think. <laughs> no, I I was gonna ask. Do you, I mean, do you mean just overall in general, or what, yeah, just now? let's let's point out positivities in this industry. Let's let's give credit where credits due. It doesn't have to be around this whole COVID thing. 
Let's talk about people who did awesome things that maybe flew under the radar and deserve recognition, whether or not they necessarily want it or not. Like, good deeds shouldn't go, like, untalked about. Like, I mean, every... Almost shout out to literally every brewery that I've ever visited because I always feel that the brotherhood or sisterhood of breweries, it sort of translates everywhere, um, be it Ardent in Virginia, Answer in Virginia, um, Boulevard in Missouri, um, all the way down to some, honestly, I hate to say it, but some breweries that I forgot their names because they were so small out in California when I did have the ability to walk in and visit and just introduce myself and say, Hey, my name's Phil. I'm in the industry down South. Um, it always seems like people are excited to show you what they're doing, how they're doing it and how they're doing it differently. And I think that that camaraderie in this industry, part of the reason why all three of us got into this industry, it speaks volumes and, and it's something that, truly goes back to the core of me where I will fight and do everything I possibly can to make sure that the craft beer industry stays around as long as possible. Um, well, one positive I'd like to share, and I don't think I really got a chance to talk about this on the last couple episodes since, uh, going up to Tampa earlier in the month. Um, you know, went to the best Florida beer competition, after the ceremony, I left there, had to get home, but I wanted to stop by Cigar City and uh, pick up some package to go, maybe try some stuff on tap if I had time. Everything was awesome. I really wanted to check out the new tap room. Uh, really impressive. The whole place has been remodeled and, and things have been shifted around and uh, really, really great setup. And I realized as I was pulling into the parking lot that this was the first time I was just going on my own, like not only with nobody with me, but just going to go, not because there's some event happening there, not because we're all traveling there together for the weekend for some big deal like Honopu Day or whatever. I was just stopping by as a fan and a friend, you know, and I pulled, you know, the parking lot was full, but I did find a spot. And I remember getting out and looking around and I was just like, overwhelmed with positivity and gratitude. I mean, just looking at what that whole place has become and, and kind of being amazed at like what it looks like when there's nothing crazy going on and it's just <laughs> a regular business day, you know, cause I probably parked like where our booth was set up one year for Hunapu day. Like it was toward the end, like kind of like one year we were like right by the stage. Um, and I remember just, walking in and just being like, holy shit, the memories here, you know, I mean, we've been going there for at least a decade and I just loved it. I loved everything about it. Looking around, thinking of all the shit that's gone down there <laughs> every time we've gone, the car trips, the, the laughs we've had, all that stuff, the beers we've drank. Um, it's so funny how much of that stuff too is just in the parking lot. Of that, that, that place, right. like a majority even of it's walking in the into lot. it, yeah, yeah. A lot or of those after even get stumbling the out of it and having somebody safely drive us home, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it 
it felt really great to be back there. It felt like uh, like a homecoming in a weird way. You know what I mean? Um, so it was great to be there. Had some really great stuff there, and uh, it, it was a great experience. And then you know when you think of outside Florida, I mean, there are just so many incredible people out there, especially in the Midwest. Um, I, I fuck. I, there's too many cool people to mention, and and great places to get beer you know boulevard second shift metropolitan in chicago off color in chicago i mean it fuck i hope things get back to normal relatively quickly because i really want to like get out and about in the country and visit a lot of breweries on my bucket lists and you know the bucket list we've talked about and i mean like i want to go with both of you guys to fucking sarasota and just hit up calusa I, I can't stop raving about it um, you know, I was saying it. the other, I was saying the other day, I don't think there's a more complete brewery right now because, you know, they're, they're cranking out ESBs, milds, Mexican lagers, funky ass saisons, sours, all kinds of crazy. I mean, they're just running the gamut and just masterfully doing everything that they do. So, um, you know, fuck, there's just, there's too much good stuff. I mean, that's the great thing about this industry is that sometimes we'll joke about it's saturated and there's too many and there's a lot of bad beer coming out and a lot of people getting into the business for the wrong reasons but i think when you truly distill it down like we got into this for the right reason and we excel for the right reasons and we're surrounded by great people and i mean shit you know not to be over dramatic this fucking saved my life and you know i I just had the anniversary a couple of weeks ago of, of leaving the cubicle. I, I Congratulations. <laughs> Do you miss that guy above your desk? Oh, my God. <laughs> that son of a bitch. Phil, like, when you were, when you were talking, it, I was reminded of, really, I, I think the first trip you and I ever did as, like, beer fans out to Colorado and going to a brewery that you now work with. Yeah. Uh, uh, Oscar, Oscar Blues. Blues. Yeah. Um, and taking the tour there and getting Gubna straight off the canning line. Uh, oh, shit. Like, because they were telling us about how they have that, uh, the x-ray system that uh, can see the can uh, fill levels and kicks off a can if it's not uh, filled. And it, it went right into like a recycling bin. And someone with us was like, what do you do with those? And I'm like, oh, the employees take them. Can we have one? The guy's like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, like I should have, I should have told you that you guys can have one. So it's just like, oh, here are these slightly low, low filled gubnas. Help yourselves. Uh, like that whole that whole trip really. Like we got to hang out in Avery and eat barbecue and drink sour beers. Uh, we got a major behind the scenes tour at new Belgium, which like, I, I, I'm thankful to say, like, I've gotten to do behind the scene tours with new Belgium people more times than I feel like a lot of people probably have. And I can't wait to 
go and do it again because like now that we've become like kind of friendly with Maddie Smooth on on the internet, like I was thinking about this the other day. Like, dude, I want to go back out to Colorado during like the summer. Like, I want to go to Boulder. I want to go to Fort Collins. Like, I want to go hang out at those places and enjoy the outdoors there. And uh, it's just Colorado's a magical place. Things happen out there uh, that change your life forever. Edibles uh, sometimes uh, included in that. There's so much good that, and, and, you know, Joel, you said Sarasota. I was actually hoping for Chicago because I'd love to go up to Chicago with you. Oh, fuck, let's do it. And do do a brewery tour, (laughs) uh, just brewery tour hopping around Chicago in particular. Um, I would go back out to Colorado in a heartbeat. I was uh, lucky enough to go out to Colorado this past December. Um, Third time I've been at the Longmont facility. First time was with you guys uh, or with you, Mike. And the growth and the experience and the change of everything is just it, it, it's it's dumbfounding almost um, to see not only how like I've progressed through the industry, but also the memories that are shared around that facility in particular. And a lot of the things have changed. And, and I actually I been there four times i take that back um but joel back to your you know parking in spruce street at cigar city and um and walking in and thinking about all those memories i would be lying to you if i said anything different than every single time i'm in tampa and i walk into that facility i think of literally all of the amazing memories that i've had not only as an employee honestly more so as a person and and as just a friend every single time i walk into that tasting room every single time i walk through those office doors um it is in my opinion that is a very magical place in florida it, just for craft beer in general um but yeah i mean all all of the amazing times not only that we've had Think about how many other people. I mean, I I forgot my behind the scenes tour to Allagash that I ended up grabbing, and that was just like crazy. Holy shit! Um, and being able to see it going into their uh, their fooder room and checking out their barrel room, and Allagash, I'd, I'd go to Maine with you guys in a heartbeat. There's literally not a single place in the United States you could say, "Hey, I want to go out to Idaho and I want to visit," you know four breweries within a 3,000 mile square foot. Um, and I jump on a plane in a heartbeat just to go through and do that because it, it it's, it's literally that much fun. It, it is kind of funny to think about like, I, we've been in this industry, like all of us, like you've been in longer than us, Phil. 30 years combined, 32 years combined. <laughs> we're, yeah, Think we're about, about that experience. About a decade and 32 each, years of experience sitting on this podcast right now. And I, I would be lying if any time that I'm thinking about going to a place, if the first thing that I look up isn't uh, what breweries are in the area, because I still get excited to go and see what breweries are doing in a different location. Oh, is there a brewery right there? Yeah, there is. I'm going to try to find a way to to get in and at least have have a flight or uh, or a pint or something and just see what what's going on there. 
usually goes breweries and then you're asking for recommendations for food as you're sitting at the bar and saying, hey, where should I eat around here? What do you think? And you've already done that research. You've already looked on the interwebs, you know, and like, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to hit up that spot. Oh, they just told me the barbecue is better over here. You know what? I'm going to go over there real quick. And then if it's not that great, I'm going to go back to where I was doing my research before. But yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing because you, you do think sometimes like you get burnt out on the industry, but there's still something about it that like, I love going to a brewery and, and seeing what's up. And like when a new, someone new opens up in the area, I want to try to find a way that I can get over to them as soon as possible because I want to see what, what's going on there. And then, uh, then try to revisit them at a later date and see how things are going uh, as well. Uh, because, you know, sometimes first batches don't always go as well as, as you would think. Like right before I moved uh, to Philly, Royal Palm Brewing opened in Royal Palm Beach, uh, Florida. I went to their place a couple times. They had some good beers. I went recently uh for the first time since moving back, like uh, maybe about three, four weeks ago. And they have some good, really good beers right now. I also love just the size of their tap room. It's like almost in my mind, a perfect size. Uh, but like, it, it's, it's funny to, to, to think that I probably have an ulterior motive towards going to a brewery anytime I'm visiting a place. Um, I mean, we could brewery tour around South Florida, the three of us, and it would still be fun. They, and I guarantee oh, yeah. you there's breweries that I haven't been to in South Florida yet. There, I'm there's, a bad person. It, it, there's probably a ton of breweries that we have not been to, all, like all of us haven't been to, uh, and we could like just... If anybody wants to go to Tripping Animals, I'm tossing that out there right now. Like, if anybody wants to go to Tripping Animals, I will literally meet you guys en route, however you want to go about it. Um, Once we see through all this bullshit, um, I'll jump in a car and go to Tripping Animals in a heartbeat. They're Doral, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We brewed a collaboration with them when I first started at Copper Point. Uh, And, uh, like, good people. And I want to go to Unseen Creatures. Uh, Absolutely. Down there. Absolutely. I'd, I'd do that one in the same day with you. <laughs> looks looks like we have a new Miami uh, brewery uh, hopping day tentatively planned. Um, like the, it, it, Maybe this is like a love letter to this industry, but uh, because like I know we get upset sometimes. We get angry. And we we voice our opinions on things on the show. Oh, surprise podcast opinions. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're all still in this industry. Uh, We're because we love what we do. We love what we ultimately create. And uh, I I think that that's that says a lot. And the fact that we can uh, encounter other people throughout this country who have that similar love as us that keep us going is it, it, 
it means so damn much. Um, because I have I have moments where I doubt this, and I I've texted Joel on this many times. Like like I think I need to get out of this industry, and but then something drag dra- drags me back in, and, and it's like no, what stay in this because there you you are this is what you are, and I, like <laughs> it's so funny that I can just look at someone like Alagash's Instagram feed and just be like. They make beer so beautiful. Uh, and like anytime I feel bad, I just go on Alagash's Instagram account and I'm like, yep, all right, I feel better because they make beer, they make art, they love their community. Uh, like that that's that's what I want. And I was like, if they can do it, then so can anyone else. And they keep me going so much. They're incredible. I mean, they're beer. They're they do everything right. All right. Um, anyone else want to add something? We've gone way long on this episode. Shit. Uh, <laughs> no, it's no one, one else. Added we needed anything. it. Yeah, I, we needed we to talk about some really positive things, and uh, you know, sort of stay stay with a smile on our face as stay sane. Everything going on uh, around the world is uh, a little nutso right now. And I'm Adam uh, and Groney. Uh, last calls. You guys got last calls? <laughs> no, Joel, no? Not really. Not Phil? This past week, I customer service is something that is dying in the world. But this past week, I was able to sit on customer service, support help with Crutchfield, uh, the sound speaker company. Uh, with Derek specifically. So Derek, I know you don't listen to this podcast, but if you did, hey buddy, thank you so much for sitting on an hour uh, going through customer support and really going the extra mile um, as I was trying to uh, troubleshoot something in my car audio. So customer service is not dead and and Crutchfield, I did. Crutchfield made a customer for life. They were always something that was somewhat of a luxury for me in the past because their prices are a little bit higher, but they really do go above and beyond uh, any other company that I've ever dealt with. This guy, Derek was amazing. I just want to, I want to say something to continue some of the positivity and that if you follow me on Twitter, you already saw some me say this, but like I had a rough week, like sort of some ups and downs mentally uh, but like I, I got like an unsolicited comment from a peer in this industry that really made me feel good about myself and really made me feel confident about the work that I do. And like, it was unnecessary. It didn't need to be done, but the person still did it. And it completely turned my day and my week around. And, uh, for, for that, I, I, I thank that person. They know who they are. Um, and, uh, also pass it along. Like someone, someone says something nice to you, like, uh, compliments, like true compliments can really go a long way right now with people's mental states and their moods. Um, so like one of my, one of my buddies was just saying something on Instagram, like I need, I need some positive 
positivity in my life and I shot him a DM with like some positive compliments about him and like send it forward. Like you, you never know how much a little compliment like that could really improve someone's day, week, month, or even their year. Uh, I'll be there for you. <laughs> 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 uh, but on that note, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at United We Drink Pod, on Twitter at United We Drink. Uh, we're also on Facebook as well, so you can like us there as well. Uh, you can listen to the podcast on any of the major podcast apps, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the new and improved Google Podcasts, uh, from what I understand. Phil, is it good? No, not really. <laughs> okay. I like the old... I, I really like the old version so much better, but I I guess it, it, it feeds you your new podcast a little bit easier than before. If if we're no longer listen on, to Google us on Google Podcasts after this week, uh, then you know you who know to why. blame. Uh, you can, you know, if, if you want to support the show in, in any particular way, uh, the best way is through our web store, uh, unitedwedrink.com slash store. We got t-shirts, buttons, stickers, you can get coffee mugs of any of the designs, like bags, lots of weird, crazy things. But uh, that really helps us out a lot. And uh, the fact that uh, some people have been buying shirts and stuff from from us has been super awesome. And uh, like the support means a lot to us. So uh, there's our store. So check that out. We'll be back with you guys next week for a mini episode. I know last week's mini episode wasn't so mini, but this world's weird and different. So, so is the podcast. Uh, Phil's making hand gestures. I don't know what they mean. So we'll uh, wrap things up here. Catch you next time. Cheers. Cheers. See you. We should do a Zoom podcast or a, a Zoom happy hour with the, the podcast folks and invite people out.